Moms. I'm Elizabeth Rago. And I'm Stephanie Donovan. And together, we are Modern Domestic Moms. A podcast where we discuss mom life topics, our perceptions, and our insights as we relate to you and the moms around us. So go ahead, fill your glass, and join in with us on the conversation. Because mama ain't easy. And you don't have to do it alone. Come Come sip sip with us. us. Oh, we are back. Coffee. Coffee, talking in unison. (laughs) (laughs) We're here. We're ready. Just coffee. What are you sipping? It's just coffee? Is it special coffee? No, it's just straight up black coffee from Starbucks. I mean, it's not from Starbucks because I can't afford to just get... (laughs) It's Starbucks coffee. It's just Starbucks coffee from Meyer. How about you? You know, I make myself like an iced latte when the coffee's not ready because it's faster. And I just put a couple of shots of espresso in almond milk with some sugar-free flavoring. Yum. I used to make them all the time. I go on and off. I was on a hot kick. Now I'm back on an iced kick, which doesn't make sense because we're completely iced over. What a psycho place we live in. <laughs> I always I, I always say it's like living with a psychotic boyfriend. Yeah. Like not, not a psychotic partner or a husband. Like it's a psycho boyfriend. They like love bomb you in the fall. Yeah. The weather's great. Live in Chicago. Like one, it's just like tiptoes. You don't know what to wear or what to do next. I know. I hate the Midwest weather. And I never, I actually never used to say that, but now I'm an old person. So I guess it's time for me to move to Florida. <laughs> Shall we pass the pod love? Yeah, I've got a good one. And this was actually recommended to me by um, one of my coworkers who is equally as obsessed with murder. So it's basically... Oh, I should meet her. I know. She's amazing. Okay. So the podcast is called Red Handed. And it is a... Heard of it. You have. (laughs) I knew it. So it's a duo of English ladies. These like British gals. And they're super funny. Very, very honest. I mean, swearing happens. It's just... I just love it when people like drop a good F-bomb. So, so okay. Red Handed, the podcast, jumps headfirst into all manner of macabre madness. We cover everything from big time serial killers and those you may have never heard of to hauntings, possessions, disturbing mysteries, bizarre whodunits, and basically anything that tickles our creepy fancy. So join in, plug in, sit back, and prepare for the scares. It's like everything you've ever wanted in a podcast. I don't know why. I know. I like need to possessions. Like, yeah. And the, the first one I listened to, just because they have, they, I mean, they've been, they're like award winning. It's yeah. an award winning podcast. And I jumped in, um, like right in the middle with Casey Anthony because oh. I never, for some reason, that story irritated me so badly yeah. when it, it was happening that I couldn't even be a part of it. But now that it's like well over. I thought, okay, I'm going to listen. I'm going to start with Casey Anthony. And I'm telling you, I was like hooked. And they do a two-parter. And then they also talk about Scientology, which, you know, I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elizabeth's a Scientologist. <laughs> Hence the reason why I will one day live in Clearwater, Florida. <laughs> so that that is mine. Red-handed is amazing. And the, the hosts are so funny. And you just want to sit down and like listen to them. And the thing is, they have longer episodes, like an hour plus. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like, you are sucked in because they use actual um, snippets from the case. Like, they pulse, oh, like, cool. clips from the courtroom case um, when they're interviewing witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. It's a deep dive. It's a deep dive. It's a deep dive. Okay. Mine is matched to the episode because 
And just like that, the writer's room. This is the companion podcast, the official podcast about the HBO Max series and just like that, a new chapter of Sex in the City. Each week, writer and director Michael Patrick King and his voice is gold. Yes. And executive producers Eliza Zertsky and Julie Rottenberg will be joined by writers and special guests to unpack the latest episodes of the show. I liked to watch and just like that. And then go immediately when the episode was released to the podcast and find out, like, why did they do that? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, mm, and then they would say things like, and then the light theme, when, when Carrie sc- goes toward the window and the light hits her, that matches. Re- and you understand then you're like, oh, yeah, that's why the writer did it that way. When really sometimes when you watch, you just get angry. Yeah. <laughs> because of some of the things that happen. It also helps to highlight some of the key themes and images after watching. So kind of like a book club, like mm-hmm. you watch it and then you sort of dissect it. It had some cool behind the scenes of the actors, like what they said when they were introduced to the scene or what they were up for, what they wanted to change. And you don't get that just by watching the show. So if you're into Sex and the City and if you were in to And Just Like That, I do encourage you to listen to And Just Like That, The Writer's Room. So we're going to take a break here and we'll be right back with our full on discussion of all things sex and the city. <laughs> Elizabeth is an old school Sex in the City fan. I am a new school and just like that watcher and researcher. <laughs> so we thought it was time to do a fun light episode with some girl talk over these specific shows because, and just like that, it's episode 50. What? I know. I should have gotten big balloons. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> we don't have time for it. We don't. We'll just cheers our coffee or yeah. to go coffee mugs. <laughs> Yeah, I watched it. I was 25 yeah. when it came out. So you were like, wasn't she supposed to be like 25? Well, so she was, I want to say she was like 28 or 20, she was just about to be 30. So the girls oh. on the show at that time were like late 20s, 30s. And then Samantha, the oldest character was like 40. Okay. So to look at that now, it's like kind of crazy, but it all makes sense. I'm just going to dive into it. <laughs> so let's talk the original. Uh-huh. So I loved the original. And you, now you haven't watched the originals, but here's what I'm going to say about the original. For me, it was about the fashion. Mm-hmm. I was 25 and I was like, oh my God, yes, give me all the things fashion. I didn't have any kids. I was like bebopping around Oak Park and in the city and in Chicago. And, you know, I had a Fendi purse. And I mean, it was... That was very relevant to me at the time. Okay. Um, I loved the candidness of the conversation surrounding sex. It was sometimes cringy, but I appreciated the fact that these four women would sit around and be like utterly honest about what they were doing. Um, there, I mean, there was a lot of talk in the press and people were being not as nice because these women were just like going on dates, having sex, not caring about what other people thought of them. I mean, basically, they kept these conversations in their little foursome. But I appreciated that. And kind of got a little bit educated around sex from that show. Sure. No, we have to rewind. So it started in 1998 to what, like 2003, I think? Okay. 2003 I wonder. It, it seemed very 90s. So there was no technology. Like, technology was minimal, 
which I wish we could go back to that. As much as I love technology, these characters were meeting in person. They were calling people and talking to their boyfriends or the people they were dating um, to each other on the phone a lot. Like, there was actual connection. There they were wasn't, going out to eat. They were going out to eat. They were going out <laughs> to coffee. It was like, hey, meet me in the coffee shop in five. Yeah. People still existed in person. Praise God. <laughs> so that, as I watched the new version, and I'll talk about this when we talk about the actual, you know, and just like that, um, there was something so pure and lovely about the original series um, just surrounding it. Uh, but again, it was all about the fashion. Their hair was always amazing. They were putting themselves in real life situations. Like there was a waxing, you know, a, a scene where Carrie goes and gets a Brazilian. Oh, wow. And it's just, it's very true. It's very honest. And they had a rule in the writer's room. I was going to talk about that. They say it with the podcast. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. So there's a rule that nothing that goes into the the storyline for that episode without it happening to someone in the room. Yeah. And that makes it all the more lovely because you're like, oh my God, that actually happened to someone. And yeah, that's happened to me too. So you know that it's very real and it's very authentic, which makes it more funny because Samantha, played by Kim Cattrall, she has some crazy like sex capades. Like that's what she's known for um, in the in the first series. And to think that some of that shit happened to right. a real person is right. very amusing to me. So, which, now, you haven't watched the first, did you, which? I think I always caught some of it. It's not like I never saw it. Yeah. Um, I do remember Mario Cantone mm-hmm. being a part, because he's so funny. He's hysterical. But I I rewatched an episode last night. It was the fashion one where she walks the runway. Carrie. And she falls down. Yeah, I just yes. literally picked a random. It was like season four, just because I wanted to get a feel for it again. I mean, it's so 90s. Like, it's so. It is. It's hard to, like, watch now and look at. So I think what, the themes, what it the is, hair. and this is where the segue to going and talking about the reboot and yeah. just like that, I I just have so many notes about more about the reboot than I do about the first series. Well, and I want to mention too that there were two movies, 2008 and 2010, Sex and the City 1 and 2. Now, I was not a Sex and the City original fan. I did like the movies because they fit my very specific genre. <laughs> Of escapist <laughs> yeah. fiction with no animals that are harmed. <laughs> it's, they were right up my alley. I liked them a lot. Um, now, I don't think they were critically acclaimed. I don't think they went over super well. No. But it wasn't Kim Cattrall back for those. Though. She was. Yeah. How, here's the thing. Full disclosure, I didn't wa- I didn't see them. Okay. Because I wanted to preserve yes. that like, precious memory of, <laughs> yes. of the... You didn't want to mess it up. I didn't, yeah, because it it was so such a good memory for me, and I didn't want to ruin my relationship with the characters, yeah, and like the purity of the series. So, I I didn't watch the movies because okay. I knew they couldn't sum up in like an hour and forty five minutes or two hours what right. they had built with the series. So I just I couldn't dip into that. I hesitated to watch, and just like that, like it's taken me yeah. a long time. I did, and I'm thankful I did. So I'm excited to talk about the, you know, this. Well, let's reboot. get our first sort of impressions of it. So first of all, I think you've got to give it up to the writers 
who got the chance to just try a bunch of storylines they always wanted to do and Mm -hmm. ran with it. Yeah. Even when it was a lot. Yeah. And it was a lot at many points throughout the series, I think. But it's funny, too. I mean, I would watch the, the show, and then I would be like, okay, that was way too far. What the fuck? Like, that's crazy. And then I would go listen to the podcast, and they're like, oh, but this theme, and we always wanted this, and tying it back to when we did this, and we never got to talk about this. And I was like, oh, no, I, I get why you did it. So I think it was a little bit of a free-for-all for the writers, but also I'm all for that. They wanted to address some more modern themes that mm-hmm. I think they had to skirt around in the 90s, mm-hmm. or just it didn't even occur to them to push that envelope. Totally. They added diverse characters. Yeah. I mean, a South Asian real estate mogul, a non-binary podcast host, a black professor struggling with fertility. I mean, they really like went in there and, and added some diversity because it didn't have any, except like a couple gay characters. Yeah, there were a couple of gay characters and then, you know one the token gay friend well and then there but it what yeah it it lacked diversity definitely but that was that was the time right and what was happening in that time period you also got to give it up to the og actors sjp okay in the did you listen to the podcast no i haven't listened. okay so a couple behind the scenes snippets Mm -hmm. so in and i thought that again this was an episode i was like too much I really do think they went too far with it. But when she goes on a date and they get drunk and they're barfing outside (laughs) of the restaurant. So do you know they tried it with many angles and booms and cameras and it was supposed to like they were going to shoot it from the side. Yeah. And she got, they couldn't get it right and she got so sick of it. She said, just give me the stuff. And she put like a gallon of it. They said, I cannot even believe how much she put in her mouth. And she actually had it in her mouth and sprayed it out, which is gross, but also like her commitment mm-hmm. to this storyline. So here's where, and I keep hearing you say that it's a lot. Yeah. It, and they had a lot happening. So in order to truly appreciate this yes. reboot, okay, you have to experience the original show because it already was. Yeah. And shit like that, like the vomiting. Yeah. Stuff like that would happen okay all throughout the first series and if if you don't experience that it's just like this roundup <laughs> of scenarios with now older women who just happen to like dress really well and you know they're skipping around New York City you know dating men so I keep hearing you say like they're putting a lot in there but it it all makes sense if you watch the first series because it wasn't a lot to me like yeah. I, I was watching. Well, it's a lot like, to some of the critics too. They're like, you, they threw in every discussion and theme and like that they could in in this many episodes. So I think that the first episode was a little rough for me to watch. Yeah. Um. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, there's so much happening here. Specifically, the introduction to technology and the things that were coming out of their mouths. Like I was hearing, you know. Carrie say oh I'm gonna post this on my Instagram it's almost like I was like wait a minute you're not supposed to be talking about Instagram you're not supposed to be talking about like quarantine you're not you know you're not supposed to be talking about COVID like I don't like at first I was like I don't like this and I think we should also say like spoiler alert because I want to talk about some of the elements we have to I think we should put that in the show notes like spoiler alert because if you didn't watch and just like that and you want to there are some very Big things. Big. <laughs> that happen. Big. That we don't want to ruin for you. No. So, so stop, stop listening and yeah. just go watch. 
So we don't ruin it. So in this, and here's, here comes a spoiler. So like in this, for example, in the second episode, there's this woman called Susan Sharon and she rushes up to Carrie. Yes. And starts talking about how she doesn't really say she's sorry that Big died. She goes into this huge conversation about how she forgives Carrie for being an asshole the last time they saw each other. Now, here's the thing. If you did not see the first season, you'd be like, who the fuck is this woman? But Carrie, the character, always just called her Susan Sharon. Uh Like, that's what she called her. She didn't call her Susan. She called her Susan Sharon. So she comes into the picture to interact with Carrie and it was almost like seeing this like bitchy old friend that you used to have. And yes. her big thing was that she she had um, she sold cashmere, so oh. it was this big thing about cashmere. So, what was jarring about the first one and two episodes is like now all of a sudden we're seeing this changed like forward thinking world. It's full of technology and all of these like present day references and like new ways to communicate. And back in the first series. They just started chatting on AOL. Like, that was a bit, you know, and that was halfway through the series. She was talking with her boyfriend, Aiden, and thought that he could see her through the computer while she was, you know, chatting (laughs) with him. So the idea of her living in this character, living in this world of where a newspaper column was huge for her. Right. And now she is hearing her voice on a podcast. That... That was, that, it might not seem significant, but that was huge. Like in the last episode of, and just like that, it's like the last episode where the, the producer says, you know, your voice. Yeah. And then she's, she's finally doing her own podcast and you hear her voice and she's interacting with somebody who's calling in for like advice, relationship advice. As a, a fan of the first series, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm hearing her voice. It's like her column but she's actually interacting. So just saw from the one episode, I watched a lot of her voiceover. Yes. Yes. It was always her yeah. talking about what was happening right. in that scene. That's one of the things that I loved about it. Yeah. So it's definitely her show. I mean, they definitely have modernized it. Yeah. Especially when it comes to diversity. Absolutely. But I didn't particularly see that as a negative in one of the reviews that the critics did. They said yeah. that it was missing, like, the funk and spunk mm-hmm. um, of the first season. Well, you can't compare seasons. That's Rolling Stone. And that just was, like that is missing the funk and the spunk. Yeah. So, it's light on the sex, charm, and chemistry of the original. Okay. So these characters are not in their 30s anymore. Yeah. All right. Just like in actual human lives, and I know that we're escaping into the characters' lives and everything, but in actual human lives, we move on. Like, sure, the core of our beings as women are similar. Like, our interests, and, you know, those change too, but like fashion. But life gets complicated, and that's the element of how the show... The new show, the reboot, has been introduced. Like they're all in different, they're all in mostly committed relationships. Mm-hmm. And what happens to these characters? And that's what you want after the the series finale of the first season ends. You're like, oh my god! Like now what? Right. But like that glitz and glamour of like your twenties, your thirties, your forties, that eventually goes away. And I have to admit, the first four episodes. I was depressed oh. for them. Yeah. 
because it was like, I'm older, my hair's gray, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I still want to be sexy. Like, look at my neck looks weird. You know, so I was watching this going like, oh my God, I feel like uncomfortable for them because they're older. Yeah. Here's what you can respond to what Rolling Stone said. So they go, for the most part, though, AJLT does away with Carrie's pun-filled narration, only featuring a brief bit of voiceover at the end of each episode where she ponders the latest sad development in her life. Yeah. And the new series made a real, if often awkward, and occasionally disingenuous attempt at modernizing Carrie and the show around her. It just doesn't work for the most part. Sex and the City was a frequently great trailblazing show that also had some unfortunate traits that congealed into these two movies. And just like that, has occasional bits that recall the original's better side, like a lovely and sad image in the third episode of Carrie sitting in front of an enormous landscape painting where waiting to see Big's ex-wife Natasha. But too often, even when King and the company mean well, the new show gives in to all of Sex and the City's worst and sloppiest instincts. Most of it is not terrible, though the parts that that are are very, very terrible. See, I, I disagree because I think in life, there are moments of our lives as women where we shine and we like... That we are in our element. And I think all of those characters were in their element in their 20s and 30s and 40s. And not now. And not now. Yeah. And now life is fucking complicated. <laughs> and I don't see this so much as like a sloppy rendition. Like how yeah. would we feel if if it was the same type of vibe. And we get and the opposite criticism. It exactly. would be like this isn't real. This is unrealistic. These yeah. women are old. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I think anybody who was a young person in the 90s and early 2000s has a hard time fitting in in this modern world. Yeah. It's like you're you don't particularly fit into the conversation anymore. So like when she's doing the pod when Carrie's doing the podcast, I get it. Like, she's not sure, like, she should talk about things, and it's different talking about something, like, on a, a podcast than it is writing something in a newspaper column. Right. I get that. Yeah. And I don't think that's sloppy writing. I think that's an honest assessment of people in the 40s and 50s age group right now of how they feel in a modern world. Yeah. It's fucking weird. <laughs> it, it just is. It just is. People.com is similar to what you're saying. So they said, as to the previous nine episodes, they were an earnest, uneven, envelope-pushing departure from Sex and the City. And just like that, its title trailing a bothersome elliptical tale took on important contemporary issues like race and gender while still paying obeisance to the more original, traditional Sex and the City topics of Manhattan, real estate, fashion, and accessories. So, I mean, they did throw it in. It was all thrown in, but... Yeah, the themes, and then they talk about the plastic surgeon, Jonathan okay. Groff, which was hilarious that to was, him. I thought that was really funny. He told her that her aging face can be described as hollowers and saggers. I know, but here's <laughs> the thing. Like, if you are in your mid-40s and 50s, you're like, holy shit, this is my life right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, if you watch the first series and you connected with the characters then, you're going through the same stuff that they're going through right now. Where yeah. you're like, who the fuck am I? Oh, the, and, and she even, ma- Carrie makes a comment during that that consultation. Oh, I remember her. And yes. I remember looking at photos of myself not too long ago being like, oh my God, I remember her. Yeah. 
And that that's why I don't see this series as like negative, not pushing, you know, the barriers because life, the world has changed. Yeah. So if Michael Patrick King did not take these characters and move them forward with like the same way he moved them forward with technology and trends, it, it wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to connect with the characters again. Yeah. Um, so I question whether or not the people who are writing these articles actually watch the first season. <laughs> right. Or are like our age yeah, or what. Exactly. That's funny. That's exactly. a good point. Well, here's some Rotten Tomato reviews. Because oh, these are all kinds of people. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, and I do want to say the New York Times one was called Review. And just like that, it all went wrong. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they were pretty negative. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes. I tune in each week, not hoping that they'll suddenly become fabulous again, but that they learn something and keep moving, because it seems that life does not get any better. You just get better at laughing at it. Yeah, the, I see that I love. Okay. I actually kind of like it, because for the first time, it's not struggling to be funny like the series was. It deals with the real stakes of these characters getting older. Yeah. To say I was disappointed with where we ended up is something of an understatement. However, there's a spark of promise in some of these storylines, and if we get season two, it's possible that the series could improve from cultured vultures. I think people in general want to not live in the world they live in. And the first season of Sex and the City allowed them to do that. For you to like live vicariously through these four women, whichever one you connected with or whatever right. aspect of each one you connected with. And you could escape and be like young in New York City. Absolutely. And that was super fun. Yeah. At that, it, that was very fun. And now the reality is that these women have aged. I mean, I still think it's kind of fun. She's it still freaking rich living in a. I didn't even know that condos like that existed <laughs> in New York City. I mean, and it's a set, so it doesn't. But. It's it's still fun. Like, it, there's still a is. lot of extravagance. It is. The fashion, what was cool, and if if you come off the first season, you see little bits of her wardrobe from the past in her closet. Yes, or and shoes. she picks them out. Yes. And she messed with that closet so many times yes. and wanted to make it real and put the CDs in there. Right. And yeah. Because that was very important to her. Like her, her, her wardrobe is like a character in itself. Yeah. So seeing those pieces, you're like, Oh my gosh, I remember when she wore that dress or she comes out with that. Um, I don't know if it was an Oscar de la Renta, but it was the, the dress that she wore when she was dating the Russian and he stands her up and she's sitting in her apartment eating like Jiffy pop by the window. And it's this long, huge, yes. it's not even a ball gown. It's just like this epic piece of art and you just flash back to when she, I mean, she literally was just sitting in her apartment in it. Yeah. She didn't even go out with that dress on. So those memories of the fashion, I just think were really cool. One more I wanted to mention, because I kind of, I, I do kind of get this one. The show did not achieve what they were trying to and felt very he heavy handed in its themes. I think that's where there's just so much forced in there. Like, I agree it doesn't need to be shiny and pretty. Yeah. I just think that there's a lot of things, like, Wait. so many things. <laughs> Is it the talking about... No, it's like her hearing her son having sex on the headboard while they're, she's sitting there thinking about leaving her husband, and then the next scene she's being fingered in the kitchen by the non-binary character as Carrie is peeing in her bed because she just had hip surgery. Like, that's a fucking lot. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think I just don't buy into some of those more components that I feel like are a little crude. But again, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the original. So yeah, it it's a, it's a lot. That type of scenario, not necessarily like Carrie peeing in her bed, but like the going from one heavy thing to the next yeah. is literally how, how it was. the first season was. Okay. So if you're not used to that, it it is a lot. I wonder why they decided to do it. Like the the reboot? Yeah. It see I mean it was a lot of work. You see how many people are behind the scenes oh if you watch God. the documentary and everybody is like fully invested because so many people came back yeah. from the original. And so they are committed and it's so thoughtful like Mm -hmm. when you watch the documentary and if you watch the I I know I keep saying if you watch the first series but there was a documentary in the first series too and they were all so like very intricate in their details and everything had to be spot on which I appreciated so I do want to mention one element that was a huge conversation and I think that I just want to say the conversation surrounding Kristen Davis the actress and Plastic surgery. Oh. (laughs) Side conversation. Stephanie is having her bathroom remodeled. Oh my god, there's no way that's not going to turn up in the audio. It's it's so awesome, though. Just know that beautiful things are happening behind the scenes here. It's, yeah, they've been... And the dog. And the dog. You know what? It's real. It's a lot. It's too much. We should have done this reboot. (laughs) Keep it where it was at. Okay, so Kristen Davis, who plays Charlotte, is was one of my favorite characters in the first series. The only thing I want to talk about is Kristen Davis, and I'm not going to talk rudely about plastic surgery, but I just, it was such a huge conversation that it, it just needs to be talked about. Does she look different? Yeah. Oh. I mean, she's a beautiful woman. They're all beautiful women. Kristen Davis is like... She, she has thin lips. And maybe I'm saying this because I have thin lips. She was so cute in the original. And then I do have to say, when I saw the first episode, all I could see was her her lips not looking like I remember her. Okay. I'm not going to say they didn't look right. I was sad because she's such a gorgeous individual. Now, Kristen Davis, the actress, lives in L.A., And Sarah Jessica Parker and Cynthia Cynthia Nixon live in New York City. Now, there is a definite difference. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Is it because she lives in L.A. and that's so pushed? I I know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I do have to recognize that she didn't look like the same character to me. And it, it was a little distracting. Now, I got over it because she's the same person and yeah. she played the same character. But it just... Like, how can one person get plastic surgery and do stuff on their lips and everything looks... It makes me sad thinking that someone thinks that they're not beautiful. I'm curious to see the second season. Um, you think there will be one? I, I think there will be one. I think whether or not people liked it and what they said about it, everybody watched. They left a cliffhanger, which was the um, idea that Samantha, the fourth character who did not appear in and just like that, was going to like appear. Okay, so closing thoughts and on just like that. I mean, you think it was real and you liked that it was real. And if it was done a different way, you wouldn't have respected it. 
No, because it would have been these older women trying to be young again. Completely unrealistic, and there would but have been. But you a... do wish Kristen Davis would have left her face alone. I do, and I <laughs> like I say that with love because I just I love the beauty of women who age how nature intended women to age. However, that's not how everyone else feels. Yeah, but overall, I liked it. Sort of depressed, but sort of excited <laughs> to see all the fashion and stuff. Well, and I liked it. And I wasn't even a fan previously, so yeah. that's different. I don't think I need to see barfing in the streets. No, but that is the element. business in the kitchen, but... That's an element of what happened. And the oh, and sh- I will say the commitment, though. Because of the longstanding tradition of these characters to the commitment they have to their characters and the realness of the scenes and even the background and all this, it is there is something to be said for that, especially when you watch the documentary Kristen Davis memorizes Hebrew. They like asked her, like, "Will you do this?" And she had to. Yeah, took a lot of. She had never played tennis before. I know, and she learned how to play tennis. I know, yes. but I don't know why you would put her in a scene when you know she's never picked up a racket. Why did that have to be the scene? Too? Well, she did play tennis, and it goes back to the first season. Oh, okay, she marries this dude who's an upper class citizen, is knowing you know the women playing tennis. Okay, because I was like, why would you choose that? Yeah, no. I mean, she barely does anything in that episode anyway when she plays tennis, like in her 30s, but it, it ties into the okay. their background. So it's cool. And they did put some Easter eggs in for you as a OG fan, right? Yeah, like yeah. certain characters and dresses. and Yeah, it was cool to see those. It was like, you know, you're seeing friends again or people you haven't seen in a long time, and it was neat to make those small connections. Like seeing her apartment. Her her apartment was an entire character in well, itself. I was so mad when they moved her into that. Ew. It was just white. It was, Everything was white. And I was like, why did she buy this? It was so not her. How did that happen that she moved back? I didn't understand that. She moved back to her old apartment? Yeah. Well, she always owned that. She never sold it. Oh. She would like lease it out to it. friends. Okay. Because you like don't sell anything in New York City. <laughs> um, I didn't understand all that mm-hmm. real estate. <laughs> No, but I mean, overall, I think it was good, but, you know, the depression and reality of life comes into play when right. you get older. And some people don't want to see it. No. But you think also, these Rolling Stone critics are 30 years I, I think they are, and I, <laughs> I don't, I think they were toddlers in the 90s. Yeah, they didn't. So they, they don't, don't understand. They don't you're get You're a millennial. It. Right. Shut it off. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Let's move on to recipe back. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's the truth. No one cooks on Sex in the City. I don't see one person cooking a single thing, even when she has that huge modern kitchen. So, well, the only person that cooks on Sex in the City is big, and he's dead now. So, oh. you should just go somewhere. Yeah, just go someplace sexy. So, let's talk about where you could go that's someplace sexy. If you're in St. Charles or the western suburbs, the Graceful Ordinary is a new, cool venue that you can yes. go. They've got, like, cool cocktails. It's very beautiful. Um, in that building, so I would say go there. There's also a new bar called the Lewis. It's right across from the Arcada, and oh, yeah. it has upscale cocktails. I guess it has a vibe of like disco, like seventies old school. Cute. Yes, I believe it's the same owners as Bogarts. Oh, okay. Um, and all of their bars are very thematic, and so that's actually right down the street from the Pep Line. Oh, yes, and then you can go shopping. <laughs> yeah. So those are some new sexy places in St. Charles, but I'm sure you have some sexy places by you, too, if you choose to do it. 
Now I have construction and a sick kid, so I am not going someplace sexy, but I would like to escape and do that. I hate this time. I hate this month of winter. I know. I'm just, like, violently moisturizing my body because, like, I'm <laughs> turning into, like, a swamp witch. <sighs> suggestion box? Do you have any suggestions? Oh, like, I'm going to get new it. Things? Do yours first. I'm going to get okay. my suggestion. So, I have two suggestions. The first one is, if you haven't already watched the original series of Sex in the City, just because it's, it's like, it's good. The other thing that I'm suggesting is don't set your alarm on the one day in, on the weekend or whatever day you have off. Okay. If you can, don't set your alarm and just see what time you wake up. You, you talk about this like it was a discovery. What time did you wake up? Well, last weekend I did this and I woke up at 9.30. And I specifically That's said nice. to Peter when I was going to bed, do not fucking wake me up. Yeah. Tiptoe out of this room. Don't try and snuggle with me. Get the out. <laughs> And I want to see how long. And it was 9.30. I slept till 9.30 and it was amazing. See, my dog gets up at 3 a.m., shuffles around on this tarp so I hear it. Ugh. Cats are peeing on it. This morning a cat was throwing up. That's what woke me up. So I have other things substituting for alarms. But okay. it's a nice thought. Well, Stephanie won't be doing that. No, but... <laughs> can't. What is your suggestion? Do you want to try it or do you want me to tell you about it? Ooh, both. Tell okay, me take, and let's try. Take your glasses off. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Close your eyes. Oh my god. Wait, let me. Oh! <laughs> I'm gonna do me too. Wait, is this like a refreshing moisturizer? It's a facial spray with aloe herbs and rose water. Mm. Let me tell you, rose water facial spray is my new obsession, and it just gives you a little moisture, a little boost in the middle of the day. It's pink and pretty. Where is that from? So mine is Mario Badescu skincare. I got it on Amazon. I just looked at. I didn't want one with a bunch, and it does have a bunch of ingredients to be honest, but. Uh, I got the most natural one I really could find that had high reviews, but I love it. I mean, don't you feel so like refreshed? It is it's refreshing. Just a little spritz. Ooh, which Hello. honestly we need right now. Oh my god, I need a spritz of something. <laughs> do you do it on the children when they when you want them to like stop in their tracks? Just <laughs> <and> go, <laughs> it's like when you spray a cat when they're fighting. It's like stop. <laughs> Pay attention. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. So a little facial spray, a little sex in the city, and a little sleeping in. Those are our suggestions. Now, whether or not any of that is going to happen, I mean, the spray can happen, but, well, this was good. I liked talking about this. I liked watching the reboot, and I think that it's nice to revisit your past. I just need to not sink into a hole of depression that I'm old now. And actually, on Thursday, I have a hair appointment, so I'll be refreshed then. You'll be 25-year-old Carrie Bradshaw. Like, Go get a perm. From the neck up. <laughs> from the neck up, I will be. Okay, let's end this, and oh. then I'm going to send you a horrifying picture that I give you permission to post. Yes. Okay. Oh, saying that, check out our Instagram, MDM the pod. There's a lot of fun things that happen over there. And, um, yes, Elizabeth, come sit with us. Again next week. Yes. Thanks for listening to Modern Domestic Moms Podcast. Come continue the conversation with us at MDM the Pod on Instagram. 
And remember to follow the podcast so you'll be the first to know as new episodes are released. And please remember to rate and review. We appreciate your support.